You are listening to the Horizons Church Podcast. Hello, Gona. What? <laughs> I really was reaching for something to do there, that and was, that was what came out. Of all the 10,000 things I thought might have happened, that was not, not one of them. Not one of them? No, it was not. How goes it? It goes pretty well. I'm pretty tired. Oh, yeah? I'm really leaning on this coffee. Mm. But, um, you know, what have I to complain about? Very little. Now is the feeling of the tired mm-hmm. due to bad sleep, lack of sleep, I just different could... sleep? <laughs> Yeah. Um, Something else entirely? I just couldn't get to sleep last night. It just, huh. it took a million years. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know why. I just kind of had a, well, actually I do know why. That's, that's false. Um, <laughs> and, and I don't wish to speak falsely. Now I just got a second wind at an inconvenient moment. You know Isn't I mean? that the worst I'm when like, you get, here I am now, I'm back at it. There's a really fine line to dance between when you're feeling tired at night mm-hmm. and getting ready to go to bed. Because if you don't do it at the right moment and the right yeah. time, yeah. your body's like, oh, so we're not going to sleep? Okay. Yeah. I'm going to give you another little kick of energy and boom, you're done. You're done for. My standard operating procedure. You know, you're going to lay in bed and stare at the ceiling. And I am kind of a second wind sleeper. That's kind of my, my, uh, my way of moving through the world. I, 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 uh, endure the second wind and then go to sleep and then pray (laughs) that I do not pay the price. (laughs) And then lo and behold, podcast recording morning. (laughs) I mean, I feel good. Otherwise it's just like, I can feel it. Sure. I can feel it. my, My body. Yeah. I get it in the pit of my stomach. Whoa. That's where I feel it when I didn't get enough sleep. Right now, it's like in my eyes, behind my eyes. Behind your eyes. Interesting. And really super in my shoulders, but that could be different. Shoulders. Interesting. (laughs) That's new for me. (laughs) This could be, I could be learning about a medical diagnosis right now. (laughs) That's unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah, now I'm a pit of the stomach, man. That sounds horrible to me. It's like a weird stomach ache is how I feel when I've not slept enough. Yeah, I don't know. It's... which is why it's, for me, personally important that I get yeah. enough sleep. That's why I really, I do that. Yeah, my morning, let me just say this. I've discovered a new cereal, the oh, new breakfast man. cereal. Okay, I freaking love that I'm really cereal. Into. Except, when I say new cereal, you're probably thinking something brand new. Like something you've never seen or mm. heard of. Uh, that's not quite right. Okay. It's a time-tested classic cereal, but with a new twist. Oh, okay. It's Lucky Charms, okay? Oh. Love me some Lucky Charms. All I right. do. Respectable. But this is 27 times better than classic Lucky Charms. <laughs> okay, what is it? It's Lucky Charms uh-huh. Marshmallow Clusters. Now, you hear that and you think to yourself, so we we loading it down with extra marshmallows? Yeah. Are the marshmallows... No. The marshmallows is exactly the same. Okay. What is different is like the solid oat, whatever it is, the, the cereal piece. Yeah. That is different. It's it's like a sweeter version of Kicks. Okay. And I'm here for it. That's it is remarkable. It is so good. It is so good. <laughs> I'm happy for you. I have purchased two boxes in the last week and a half. Oh, let me tell you what, though. When it comes to buying multiple boxes of cereal, Kroger does this. Get a dollar off if you buy five or more. I'm like, all right. <laughs> it's it's kind of like buy four, get one free. If you do the math. It's, it's all right. So I just bought five last yesterday, actually. I bought five boxes of cereal. Because I'm like, I really love it. I'm going to eat it all well before it expires. Um, yeah. Before we begin, which cereals? What are the five cereals you bought? Oh, it, no, no, no. It's the same cereal. Oh, it's this is... Yeah. I'm a man of commitment. I really... I commit hard. Which which cereal did you commit uh, to? It's Kashi Goline Crunch. Not, not their peanut butter, not their chocolate, not their berry thing. Just it, literally the flavor is listed as crunch. <laughs> 
And I do not mean the candy bar. I just mean this is their baseline granola e oat e crunch cluster presentation. And it, it is truly a delight. So not Reese's Puffs. No. No. No, no, no. I like to find places in which I can feel slightly less guilty about my <laughs> When I buy five boxes at once. Fair enough. Yeah. Absolutely fair enough. Mm. Well, among other things that I enjoy, which is not limited to breakfast cereal, I've been making my annual trek through the writings of C.S. Lewis. Okay. That is something I, someone asked Your me. Actually, recently, a complete digression. We've been doing that a lot. We've, we've eaten up a, a good chunk of podcast time with just rambling today, that's and that's fine. I'm here for it. Yeah. But the most recent time I preached, as of this recording, uh, someone came up ask, and asked me afterward, because I quoted C.S. Lewis again, yeah. and I didn't mean to. I did not write down a C.S. Lewis quote in my notes or manuscript. <laughs> oh, I just. No. That's amazing. And he's like, do you try on purpose to quote C.S. Lewis all the time? And uh, (laughs) it was like, I appreciate the question. Uh, The answer is no, because basically there are at least three authors I'm always reading on rotation. One is the Holy Spirit through the scriptures. Oh, this guy. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. You went there. (laughs) I just had to. You know, pastor over here. Um, But then it's it's G.K. Chesterton and C.S. Lewis. I knew it would be Chesterton. Yeah. Yeah. So they just kind of like... They just kind of come out of me sometimes yeah. without, uh-huh. in many times I won't even acknowledge like, oh yeah, no, that was a riff off Chesterton. You know what I mean? It just, oh, it just yeah. kind of happens. Yeah. So anyway, you know, it's a new year. So restart through the C.S. Lewis corpus. And I came across something in the screw tape letters that I thought would be particularly insightful to talk about a little bit more here on the podcast. All right. So here we are. And uh, before we begin, just so everyone knows what we're talking about, the screw tape letters work of fiction, but uncannily accurate, not going to lie to you, in which a senior demon named Screwtape provides advice to his nephew, a junior tempter named Wormwood, and he writes these letters to him. I adore these names. Yeah, yeah. It's really... So... Really? Oh, man. Nicely done. I think in his shoes, I would have come up with these names and been like, well, I can't do better. (laughs) I probably can't come up with a story to justify how excellent these names are. It's... I like him a lot. (laughs) Yes, he did well. They're quite memorable. So in the particular letter that we're going to reference, Screwtape is counseling Wormwood on what to do now that his patient, (laughs) he's got a patient, it's like a complete flip on Guardian Angel. His patient has become a Christian, just just converted. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I'm going to quote at a bit of length from letter two of the Screwtape letters. And again, for context, he's describing a service in the Church of England. So some of this will sound a bit different for what we know of church services, but we should get a pretty clear picture yeah, anyway. for sure. So, here we go. One of our great allies at present is the church itself. Do not misunderstand me. I do not mean the church as we see her, spread through all time and space and rooted in eternity, terrible as an army with banners. That, I confess, is a spectacle which makes even our boldest tempters uneasy. But fortunately, it is quite invisible to these humans. All your patient sees is the half-finished sham gothic erection on the new building estate. When he goes inside, he sees the local grocer with a rather oily expression on his face, bustling up to offer him one shiny little book containing a liturgy, which neither of them understands, and one shabby little book containing corrupt texts of a number of religious lyrics, mostly bad, and in very small print. When he gets to his pew and looks around him, he sees just that selection of his neighbors whom he has hitherto avoided. You want to lean pretty heavily on those neighbors. Make his mind flip to and fro between an expression like the body of Christ and the actual faces in the next pew. It matters very little, of course, what kind of people that next pew really contains. You may know one of them to be a great warrior on the enemy's side. 
No matter. Your patient, thanks to our father below, is a fool. Provided that any of those neighbors sing out of tune, or have boots that squeak, or double chins, or odd clothes, the patient will quite easily believe that their religion must therefore be somehow ridiculous. Oh, man. That is the advice that so, Screwtape that, that provides. That is so well written. Isn't it? My word. Isn't it? Doesn't that just feel like something a senior demon would write yeah. <laughs> to his junior demon out in the field? I think that's good advice to give to a tempter. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously not to anyone else, which is the point of the letters. Look around you, consider the disappointment. Consider! Yes, because it is in fact precisely the sort of thing that I think even veteran Christians have to fight against. That is a temptation we mm. find nagging at our hearts. Yeah, like the, the sometimes, for lack of a better term, embarrassing or seemingly unsacred reality around us. Right, yes, compared to the picture we have in our head of what... Yeah. Exactly what Screwtape said, which is get yourself thinking about the body of Christ and then, oh, and then actually look around you and like, what were you expecting? Yeah, I, I think this dynamic is true of a great deal of the Christian life. Mm. Because again, we go to church and we see people who perhaps aren't really singing like saved people. You know, we think like, you, if you really believe these things, you ought to sing, you know, like you do. Or, uh, or we see people who don't seem to give a penny's worth of care about the truth. Or people who do just the right combination of things that so get under our skin. Because that happens at the church, believe it or not. <laughs> we can all acknowledge that. And and uh, in those moments, we might think to ourselves, how on earth can this be the visible manifestation of God's kingdom on earth? Yeah, right? It's, um, it's disheartening more often than not. Yeah. Or at least it can be. Right? But to elaborate, I think, on what screw tape brings out there, I think we might also think this way about, say, the other spiritual practices of the faith. Really? Yeah. So if I could put it in these terms... We might think that God speaking to us should feel as visceral and spectacular as thunder and lightning at Sinai. Mm -hmm. Instead, we have to open a book with tiny print or we open an app on our phones, whatever the case may be, and we, we read words. And we're like, that's it? <laughs> you know, uh, we think prayer should be filled with these ecstatic visions and this constant overwhelming sensation of God's nearness and glory. But then we, you know, sit or kneel to pray in our minds. <sighs> wander and we struggle to focus and we're like, is this, yeah. is this it? Really? That's too familiar. I remember often going through these phases growing up and I, I had this fear that if I wasn't like accessing something mystical that I could like feel, like genuinely, literally feel or something that was just like deep enough somehow. If I couldn't do that, maybe my prayers were like less meaningful, yeah. <laughs> which, which like ultimately means it more often felt like empty words yeah, or just not quite, not quite breaking through into something. What is that? What? Yeah. I made that up. <laughs> it's imaginary. <laughs> These, these these obstacles are not real. <laughs> it's it's wormwood whispering in your ear telling you those things. No, yeah, because, I mean, you just go down the list, keep going. Like, we could expect to be delivered from all our sins and vices in one fell swoop of confession, and then we find that, actually, it's really rather hard going to chip away at both our internal and external sins by the power of the Spirit. Like, it doesn't actually end up being easy. And thus, we begin to think our religion somehow ridiculous, to use Screwtape's words. And then we continue to do the Christian thing, and we think that we're showing great humility and condescension and going to church with these, you know, what we would say are smug, commonplace neighbors, or by keeping to our marching orders, and we end up looking down on oh, yeah, right. everyone else, and we end up thinking, like, you like you know, you have this moment where you're like, is this really working? Like, are these, <laughs> like, if, I, if I've not achieved this thing, are these just empty words? Yeah. And then you end up doubting <laughs> yourself and what you're doing and God. All the while, here's what I'm trying to drive at, because here's the thing that I think a senior tempter would do his best to keep from our minds mm. in a situation like this, especially for to believe screw tape. <laughs> what I think he would want us to ignore is a key question, and that question is namely, 
what exactly were we expecting when we went to church or became a Christian? Oh, man. What were we expecting? And that goes back to his point about get in his mind this idea of the body of Christ and then get him looking at mm-hmm. his neighbor in the pew. Because we might ask, were we expecting people to be dressed in togas and to embody virtue perfectly? It's like, is that what we were expecting when we went to the church? Were we expecting that the spiritual disciplines would just be this easy, automatic, you know, like autopilot <laughs> version of spirituality? Because if we consider ourselves honestly and we know ourselves truly and we're willing to permit ourselves all kinds of grace, okay? That's what I'm saying. Like, we, we know ourselves truly, we look at ourselves honestly, and we'll give ourselves all kinds of leeway, Yeah. right? Why aren't we willing to look at others the same way? <laughs> that one hurts. That's the issue, you know? That one really hurts. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Isn't that fun? <laughs> yeah. I mean, yes, in a way. <laughs> but, like, I often find this kind of thing to be one of the most difficult practices to pursue or yeah. to hold in my mind. Mm-hmm. It's far easier to excuse and explain yourself, and then I get, like, secretly privately lord over others you know just how disappointing they are yes uh, it sounds terrible but unfortunately it is true sometimes <laughs> and like all the ways in which they don't measure up sure which they fall short or misrepresent or say things in a way just enough for you to disagree and feel superior mm-hmm. but unfortunately <laughs> i have those exact same faults yes. they are the same faults in a different font <laughs> Like, well, mine's a serif font and yours isn't. Oh, man. (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, I think that's a common temptation for us. And again, you know, you even think about that in terms of the disciplines. Mm. Like, did we expect it to be easy just because God told us to do it? You know, like, when has anything good or worth doing ever been easy? Mm. Is it easy to learn a second language or a musical instrument or any kind of skill worth having? You know, God didn't build the world that way. Mm. So why do we expect it suddenly with Christian practice? Especially so. Yeah, especially so. Exactly right. Like, we mm. especially think, like, oh, well, because God said to do it, it must be even easier <laughs> than those sayings. Like, no, no. I think it all the more runs contrary to our natural way of being. Right. And I often wonder, is this because we actually think of God more like a genie or a magic wand than we do as the creator of heaven and earth and the father of the sun And we as children whom he is destined to become perfect. Like, are we thinking about him like the genie or like the creator? You know, like what what are we expecting? And I think that's at bottom the thought that was floating in my mind as I read that particular section of Screwtape's letter Mm -hmm. was was like, he's really on to something with what are we expecting and then how do we handle our disappointment and our expectations? We talked about that a little bit in an episode recently, but it was just interesting to see the way he particularly drew attention to it. And to your point about feeling superior, I was reading a book on the virtues by N.T. Wright, and it's a very, you know, (laughs) it's a very thick book, well worth reading. But in particular, one thing he said that has been sticking with me is at any moment that you are tempted to feel superior to anybody for any reason, just stop. Yeah. Like immediately, like do not carry that thought a second further, Mm -hmm. whether that's in a sense, maybe legitimate, like as in, oh, maybe you are better at a particular work task than a coworker. Sure. Like that may be a legitimate fact. Sure. But as soon as you start feeling superior because of that, stop it. Like immediately just kill that. Yeah, because then you've you've corrupted (laughs) uh, yourself and and what you're doing. So I say all this to say, as I am also want to do, we ought to ask ourselves these sorts of questions, especially when we feel frustrated or disappointed, and then let God's word recalibrate us and reset us once again. Mm. Because again, if we're honest, I think we'll find that there are a lot of experiences and moments in places in our lives where we do feel that frustration or that disappointment or that tendency then, okay, I don't like the feeling of disappointment so I can lord over other people and that makes me feel better. Mm. And the correct answer to that is no on both of those. (laughs) 
it is to ask, okay, why do I feel this way? And what was I expecting? Yeah. And is that expectation in line with what God has actually revealed? To the point about, again, the church not perhaps looking the way it ought to look, right? Like yeah. we think of the church and it's like, oh, well, like it should be a unified body and it should be exhibiting the virtues and love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and the whole nine yards. And the disciplines and all that stuff, all the New Testament letters wouldn't exist if the church actually was able to realize those ideals fully. Yeah. You know, I lose track of how many people I've made this joke to, and I've probably made it on the podcast. You know exactly what I'm going to say. You could probably tell the joke. I love it so much. But, you know, the two kinds of Pauline epistles, one is, you know, we're heirs of unfathomable grace through the kindness of our Lord. And the other kind is, I am, as a personal favor, begging you sick freaks to be normal for five minutes. (laughs) And that's because, again, (sighs) the church on this earth and on this side of eternity is striving for maturity and unity and the knowledge of the Son of God, but it has not reached the fullness of that yet, mm-hmm. which doesn't mean you get to just stop and say, well, we're not going to get there, so we might as well stop. Like Paul says, no, you got to keep striving, yeah. but then also understand that, that requires work, and that means that when bumps happen and sins are committed, you have to reconcile and mm-hmm. confess and receive forgiveness and offer forgiveness, and that's precisely one of the mechanisms that God uses to build us up in the knowledge of God. Yeah. So anyway, when screw tape and wormwood are whispering in your ear about, you know, (laughs) the neighbor in the chair next to you whose boots squeak or who coughs too much during the service or doesn't sing the way you think they ought to sing or whatever. My boot squeaks. I'm sorry. That's yeah. My boot. My boots also squeak. Yeah. Yeah, People know I'm coming based on the squeakiness of my boots. It's all right. Just uh, ask yourself, what was I expecting? And then submit those expectations afresh to God in his word. And there, there you go. That, that's, that's, what, that's what we wanted to talk about today. I like it. Bada bing, bada boom. The anti-screw tape letters <laughs> right here on the Horizons Church Podcast. Now, thank you as always for listening. If you have any questions on this or any other topic, feel free to email us at podcast at horizonschurch.net. Mm. And if you want to write us a nice little review, you know, like another anti-screw tape letter, you know, a nice little positive thing, leave us an honest five-star review in the Apple Podcast platform. Yeah. Share with your friends. That'd be great. Mm. You know, push back against the, the screw tapes and wormwoods of the world, you know, yeah. a little spiritual world of it there. Yeah. No, thank you as always for listening and we will catch you next time.